Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Russ Jones and Brad Kennan. We are wide open. How are you, my friend? I'm just waiting for you to the gun show. That's all I'm doing. I'm feeling good today. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I got it. There, wait, I got my gun. There is the gun. The gun. The gun. The gun. The gun. Anyway. So how, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's, uh, you know, it's. Rained all night. It's a uh, you know sixty degrees and sunny today in a mountain state. So it's a good day to be in the woods, out trotting around a little bit. You know, in that rain, you're always hoping that you're going to get lucky and find some footprints. Um, had a couple good witnesses that um, you know I've been talking to, trying to get some place for you and I to land with a drone, right? So that we can uh, get out there. Yep. Any news on the drone front? There's that's you so oh, just a man time this open wound and you stick your finger in it every yeah. week. Yeah. So you just keep sticking your finger in my open wound. I let it go a couple of weeks. I'm just asking a little question. There's have no, you happened no, to get no, the I've, loss? I've written I've written that off last year's taxes as a loss. Um we're just gonna assume that I got it and it crashed in a pond and I never got it back. That's that's how the story's gonna go. I had somebody reach out to me this week and wanted me to tell mm-hmm. you that they look forward to every episode of the ever smiling Brad Kennan. That is absolutely not true. I know that is I mean, absolutely they, not true. Cause I never <laughs> smile. I mean, you, you went through like 50 episodes where everybody gave you grief cause you never mm-hmm. smiled and you really tried and your wife gave you grief. Right. So you made an effort to smile. Then we went through those 10 episodes where you were, you were albinic. You were, <laughs> it was just the lighting, man. It was, it lighting. was, you looked you know, like an alien, you looked transparent, you know, so, is this beat up on Brad day? Just, no, let's, just, just let's just get it out there. Let's, no, I know. I'm just, you know, I'm, just, I'm just throwing just, it out there. I mean, it wasn't my fault that somebody that listens all the time sent me a message and said, Hey, really enjoying the ever smiling Brad Ken. I, like I said, I want to see the, I want to, I want the metadata off that message because I don't believe it. You don't believe it. It came from someone. It came from someone. 
Yeah. Pro- probably somebody I know, and I probably know who it was. But. No, it wasn't somebody you know. There's there's oh, some okay. local people here oh, that okay. I'm friends with, and a lot of them listen to the show or watch the show okay. or whatever people are doing. Right. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how all that works, right? Right. I know. But yeah. are you ready to get into this? I'm just, yeah. I'm ready to get into okay. our guest tonight. So, okay. Before the show. Yeah. We had a short conversation with our guest. Yeah. She lives in Texas. Yes. Which is a big state. Mm -hmm. That's about 20 some hours away from us. And you two get talking, which you would not let me talk. Sorry. No, you're not. You two went to high school together. Yeah. In the same high school during the same time. Yeah. So we're going to bring on our guest. She's a Golden Gale. Lancaster She's a Golden, Golden Gale. Golden Gale from Lancaster. Golden Gale. Graduated yeah, that's right. Within a couple of years of Mr. Rush Jones. We were there at the same time. We were there at the same, there time. At the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Two years after and you. This is a small, small world. Who would have thunk? Small, small thunk? school. I mean, it's not a very right. big high school. Well, it's like, like uh, when you and I went there, it was 2,100 students in three grades. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty big. I mean, it was back when her and I were in school, it was pretty yeah. big, but now it's probably like nothing. Oh, right. I think there were that many in my youngest graduating class really? last year. So. Holy crap. Yeah, that's probably about big. that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So, Karen, we got hooked up. You're coming on the show. We had some scheduling issues last week which we're not <laughs> yeah. even going to talk about that was my because no. we're, we're going to blame the other golden gale up in the corner for that one yeah like i don't miss appointments i promise you i hate oh, right. no, no. yeah that just no no that was yeah. that was completely it was, our it was my bag and russ russ admits it he was yeah. uh and it will not be the last no he will it is what it is we are men yeah. and we yeah we are men <laughs> i get uh, over scheduled so yeah. i'm hey <laughs> hey we're glad you're right. here Right. You know, and and yeah, I found out you were Golden Gale, and so I'm like, you know, I'm all good. So, so let give us today. the spiel. You are an author. Yes. You are a UFO person or an expert in UFOs, correct? Yes. So I'm a UFO researcher, author, and experiencer, yep. and former experiencer. All right. Um, so for my whole we life. like experiences. We like experiences. <laughs> yeah, I think experience helps. It gives me a different point of view, especially when I'm writing and speaking with others and helping other people out. You know, I probably talk to at least one new person a day who's had similar experiences and just needs to reach out and talk with someone, get with someone, you know, help deal with that type of thing. So um, it's been a crazy ride, not something I ever expected to write about, not something I ever expected to share. But my friend L.A. Marzulli uh, really prompted me to do this and to write this book after we had done an interview and yeah, the interview ended up being a part of the fourth movie in his UFO disclosure series and, or being the fourth movie. And um, through that, it just led to me writing more and more for him and for his newsletter and his organization. And this book was born out of that and happened very quickly. It's very easy to write because I just wrote the truth (laughs) and the truth is easy to write, you know, and sometimes it's stranger than fiction. And uh, that's where we are today. So what happened? The book just came out October. Just sorry. Um, What happened? Well, I was taken from my earliest memories from 
I don't have memories of a time when I wasn't taken by these non-human alien okay. entities. All right. And, you know, it's funny because so much of this now is coming into the mainstream media and coming into people's vocabularies. Words about like UFO and non-human alien entities and and um, Nephilim and all these words that a couple of years ago people weren't either familiar with or they would just scoff when you said something about this. And that's when I was starting to talk about this. And now suddenly it's becoming popular and it's becoming more mainstream and the government's admitting to these programs and these things that I saw going on my whole life and the things that I've written about in my book. Um, so, but yeah, from my earliest memories, I was taken. Um, I remember being afraid of members of my father's family when I was about two or three years old. They were very tall, blonde, fair-haired, fair-eyed, thin, and they looked like these Nordic-type aliens that I was already experiencing at an extremely young age. And they were just, you know, as a little kid, you can't make those distinctions. So when something looks similar to something, you can be terrified of it. And that was the case for me, but they didn't understand. And and there wasn't vocabulary for it either. As I got older, you know, around four or five, six years old, when these memories are more clear and more cemented as they will be for children, then I have very clear memories of the entire process of, of them taking me. And But I still didn't have vocabulary for it because we're talking in the 1970s. There weren't all these movies and books and podcasts and shows. The government was saying there's no such thing. And, you know, someone random out there was publishing books on it that wasn't certainly wasn't popular. We didn't have Amazon. You didn't have, you know, the ways to communicate that we do today. And I had no vocabulary to talk about who and what these things were, let alone get help. So you're you two to three years old, this happens. You five, six years old, you're living in are you in the Lancaster area or in Ohio or was this Chillicothe or Mm-hmm. Yeah, we okay, were in so Chillicothe and down on my grandparents' farm, which was down on the Ohio River near the okay, Serpent. So, you, so you're down in Chill. I say you're down in Chillicothe. That's the Great Serpent Mound, which Chillicothe we- is the Mound City, which we used to be called Mound City. Now it's the Hopewell National Earthworks. Correct. So yeah. if people don't know, uh, the Serpent Mound in Chillicothe is a national treasure. You know, it's this giant thing. It's, I think, it's kind of where. I think I had heard Graham Hancock talking about it where basically there was like a five mile tall or two mile tall wall of ice or something basically stopped fairly close to that serpent mound right down there in Chillicothe um, or very close to that back in the glacial age. So they built this mound has been built. There's a lot of arguments of how it was built because human beings with two hands and a wheelbarrow couldn't do it. So was it Nephilim? Was it giants? Was it what was it? So you're down in this area that's very active with other things, let's say. Exactly. Exactly. And- yeah, that is that is very true. And everywhere we lived was littered with these mounds. And then around the family farm was just littered with not just serpent mound, site mound, you know, tons of other different mounds in that area. And all of these are ancient earthworks. The Native Americans at the time, you know, were saying, well, we didn't build them. We might have added to them and they might have buried their some of their individuals in those mounds but those mounds were there when they got there and that was their oral history at the time now they some have since changed that oral history and i don't know why but there is recorded history of them saying otherwise all through and fritz zimmerman is certainly the um expert on that he's someone you should talk to about that and la marzulli as well do you remember a time i heard a story 
there was a curator at the Great Serpent Mound in Chillicothe, and he was there for years and years and years. And they actually had a giant skeleton when you yeah. walk in. And yeah. Well, he said they had it for years. And one day a, a government official came in, said, oh, this can't be here. Basically, guy showed up, took the skeleton out. It went to the Smithsonian. We know what happened with all the giant skeletons. It went to the Smithsonian. And there, yeah. but, right. They'll they're disappear. gone. There's a couple they, of stories there. First, in Chillicothe okay. is the Hopewell National Earthworks. So that is a collection of mounds. Okay. And okay. that one, you would walk in, and I remember this as a small child. You walk in, and one of the first mounds you would come to was excavated in half and had plexiglass in the front, and you could walk through, and you could see, and there was a skeleton in there. Now, as a child, I can't tell you how big it was because I didn't have a very good grasp on sure. that kind of ratio, but it was also, it was curled up, and it was a big mound, and there were also other kinds of artifacts, and they were showing how that was buried there. Then there would have been other bodies buried closer to the top and the sides and how they had different levels of burials of different age. And then my parents told us that there was a giant skeleton there and that the Smithsonian took it and the British Museum also took artifacts as well. And they did start a campaign with the um, Chillicothe Historical Society and I believe the Ohio Histor Historical Society to try to get those relics back, but obviously to no avail, you can't fight that no, big a machine. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I remember taking my parents to the British Museum in London and they just wanted to go in the basement and find the boxes, you know, right. but, you know, we'll right. never see right. that again. Okay. But as far so, as the serpent mound, I don't know that anything was ever excavated from that mound. Okay. Um, well, or what I, like I said, I just, I don't know what's exactly mound it was, but yeah. I just always heard a story. So Coming, you're, yeah. so you've had these, uh, we, can we call them abductions? Is that what we're, we're? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So these abductions from two to three, four, five. So now you're five or six years old. Now, you know, I remember back maybe when I was six years old, I was in kindergarten or I did some certain things. So I have memories. Um, I have a notion so, you did certain things. <laughs> you guys correct me up. <laughs> It's going to so be hard to anyway, be <laughs> So anyway, you have these memories. What do you remember? I mean, did these things that happen at night? Because there's, you know, there's arguments that, okay, well, abductions happen at night. And when we lay down, our brain, you know, gets this uh, DMT or whatever it is. You know, we have these psychedelic dream states that we go into and it's been argued that people that are abducted really they're just these psychedelic dream stakes are really not abducted blah 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 or maybe their body's not abducted because when you die there is an argument that when you die your your body releases a chemical it's a psychedelic chemical mm -hmm. that connects you with the next dimension you're transformed to that dimension and that maybe these abductions are actually people that have the ability during a dream state to go to that dimension mm -hmm. where maybe they're physically not going. Yeah. What well, is can, your thought? So let's that's a lot. Start. Yeah. And I can speak to all oh, of that. There's a couple of different okay, things right. written on there. So one sure. of them would be when we sleep, our bodies are designed to put us into a certain type of paralysis. So we don't hurt ourselves when we're <laughs> running in dreams or fighting things or whatever. We don't hurt the people around us or ourselves. And that's just how our bodies are designed. And it's a wonderful thing, but it doesn't, correspond with waking and and sometimes there is this kind of twilight sleep where you're waking up and you realize that you're not quite out of that yet um and that is that is a common thing for people um but and there's also sleep paralysis which is when you're sleeping and you're encountering things that are very real and you're 
waking up and you're seeing things, but you realize, okay, the door's on the wrong side of the room, or, you know, there's a couple shadow men over here and they're taunting me. And you can experience physical reactions to things if things are happening to you from the spiritual realm while you're sleeping and right. especially in the sleep paralysis state. So that's one of those states where you kind of go into possibly another realm through possibly a portal into another realm, into another dimension type of thing. And my friend, Vicki Joy Anderson, who I mentioned before we came on air is expert in that. So I won't go too deep into that because okay. I would silly compared to her knowledge, but I highly recommend talking to her about that because she knows so much about that. Then there's a type of paralysis that one can get when one's awake. And I would get that, you know, wake up, wide awake, very much awake. And um, when I would be taken, it would be, and I've had a near-death experience too, so I'll, I'll touch on that after this. Um, okay. We can talk about I, that. That interests like me about. also greatly. Okay. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So when I was little, you know, I'll start kind of with back early times when I was taken, you know, around five or six years old, I would wake up and I knew they were coming because it happened all the time. I would feel a change in the room. I would just feel almost an evil presence in the room. I would feel an evil presence in the room. Um, and there's just a change. I could feel an air, a vibrational thing, almost this low kind of hum, almost low vibrational hum sometimes that was like bass like a big bass speaker almost. Um, and um, I would be wide awake and sometimes so afraid that I would wet the bed. That's a physical thing and I'm feeling it happen and I'm wide awake. But suddenly now that I'm awake, I'm trying to move, trying to wake up. If I have a sibling in the room or someone else with me, trying to wake them up, they won't wake up. And then suddenly I'm unable to move anymore and I can't try to wake that person or I can't try to get out of bed and hide, which I would try to do quite often. Um, and at that point I'm awake, but I can't move. And I would see at least two, if not more gray alien entities in my room. And they were the bulbous head, um, giant black screen looking eyes. The eyes looked like screens. They didn't move. They were, didn't look like eyes. They just looked like screens. Um, very thin, very short, about three feet tall, maybe three to four, not maybe not even four feet tall, but very short, very fragile looking. Um, they didn't look like they had clothes. It just looked like a gray skin, maybe a gray skin suit. And they did not always smell very good. Sometimes I could smell them before I'd see them. And they would have this kind of sulfur, urine, excrement, dead animal kind of smell. It just, it reminds me of when people describe what Bigfoot smells like. And I have been in the woods in Tennessee and experienced a smell like that and it was like i am so out of here because it smelled so similar to that so you know um but yeah they would usually some of them would have a bad smell but not all of them some were more pungent than others um i have a lot of thoughts on the grays these little grays and i've written quite a few papers on them as as that i believe they are just a biological suit created you know we can create skin in a lab i believe these are biologically constructed entities that they use to send here to pick people up. They'll use them in the, in the crafts that are flying so that if they crash or someone gets caught, all the government or whoever ends up with it is going to have is just an empty skin suit. Um, so, I, uh, so we, I was going to say, so basically these things are like biological drones is all they are being exactly. controlled exactly. somewhere. Um, exactly. 
you know, light years away, which, you know, there yes. is some theories out there about uh, faster than light travel and communications, blah, 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 you know, whatever that mm -hmm. is. So that's, is that what you think this is? I don't think that they're light years away. I do think that okay. these yeah, are like an avatar type suit, like a skin suit. I okay. think they can be inhabited by AI. I think they could be inhabited by another entity. And I think they could be inhabited by a demon. And okay. if, for those listeners who know about the Nephilim, the Nephilim, when they are killed, their spirit doesn't go to heaven, doesn't go to hell. Um, the uh, Book of Enoch is, you know, they're neither from the angels or the humans because the Nephilim is the progeny of a human and a fallen angelic being. And that spirit is what we know today as a demon. And for people who say, well, that sounds crazy. I'm like, well, have you ever been to a haunted house? Have you ever experienced evil or a demon? Does it scare you? You know, it's as real as, you know, as real as the pages of the book. So, um, but uh, I believe that that inhabits them too, because they just have this evil presence about them, but they don't have mouths that open. They're frail. So they can't really do a lot of damage. And the thing about demons is they want a body to inhabit. And this gives them that. It gives them a body to inhabit so that they can do other things. So, and they're kind of the worker bees of the, of the entities that I've seen. They're definitely the lowest on the totem pole. Okay. Um, I don't really think that I've never, I've been taken my whole life. I've been taken to underground facilities, deep underground and seen different types of entities working side by side with humans. Um, I've never been, to my knowledge, been taken off planet or to some okay. faraway galaxy, and they've never said or shared any information like that to me. So I'm not disparaging what anyone else thinks, but I have no knowledge of or any concrete proof that they live anywhere other than they're extra dimensional, which means they can come in and out of dimensions, which means anywhere they would live wouldn't be somewhere that we could tangibly identify. And that when they are within our dimensional space, I believe they're inhabiting underground spaces because there's so many of them down there. And there's okay. so much space underground. I mean, when you think about how deep our oceans are, you could fit, you know, 10 Empire State buildings end to end and not hit oh, the yeah. bottom of that, just that one little crater they found in the Atlantic Ocean, let alone the Mariana Trench. Think how deep underground it is. And we don't know what's under our feet. You know, what they've put under our feet, what they've told us is under our feet is just guesswork because no one's actually gone there you know what we were taught in science class was just what they assumed but no one went and looked and so, so did these people when they took when they took you or abducted you did they physically take you or did they take you you know they were physically with your yeah i was physically taken throughout my okay. whole life there have okay. been one or two times where i've had astral abductions and that was after this ended and it was just an attempt to try to convince me that I should go back and kind of get back into the program as it were. And I have no interest whatsoever in that. Um, you know, it doesn't fit with my faith and with my, my values <laughs> certainly. And, and what they did was evil and what they did was destructive and no one should have to have that in their life. And I don't want that in my life anymore. And I spend my life now helping people figure out how to, stop it and stop them from being taken so um okay. karen let me ask you why do you think that it's you or the people other people that 
have been abducted. What, what is significant about them to be chosen? Right. Are they looking for a type? Are they looking for, you know, what, what is significant about you and them? Yeah, I, you know, that's a good question. And I get that a lot. A lot of it is genetics. They are working on um, genetics. They need them for different reasons. For the same reason they do cattle mutilations and drain them of blood and take certain organs, and parts of the cattle, things like that. They do the same thing to humans. There are human mutilations as well. They just don't get the media coverage that cattle mutilations get. Um, but they are looking for very specific can, genetic Can material. you go into that a little bit? Actually, sure, yeah. And again, this is LA Marzulli's field of expertise okay. on cattle mutilations. He just released a movie on that, and I am in that movie. Um, okay. and he does a quite a bit of research on that. The cattle mutilations is terrifying because these animals are taken, and we've had um just last year a bunch of them taken just not far from where I live here in Texas. Um, they're taken, they're drained of blood, certain organs like eyes, lips, tongue. Um, sex organs, things like that um, are taken. And these cuts are made with what is surgical precision and appears to be cold laser technology, which we don't really have here, but that's the only way to describe what's happened to these animals. They're drained of blood and put back where the animals are found. There's no blood pooling. There's no blood pooling within the animal and there's no blood around the animal and there's no visible signs of the animal getting there. The other animals won't go near them. The hawks and the other animals that would normally feed on the carcass won't go near them. They literally sit there until they completely decay or until the farmer does something with it. But no other animals will even go near them. The other cows will go to the other side of a field. And this happens time and time again. This is just a common, common occurrence for these mutilations. It happens with horses as well and other animals. And then humans have been found the same way. And there Humans are documented pieces of that. that that's there what I'm, wor I mean, uh, I've never heard of humans. I've, you know, obviously you see all the TV shows about the cattle mutilations and their eyes cut out and this and that. And it's very mm -hmm. interesting. And, you know, mm -hmm. I do believe that we cannot do that on this planet. Um, it is done some way that we don't understand. Right. I just didn't know they were doing them to humans. Now yeah. I have so heard people, you know, certain people said they've been abducted and now they, you know, they, don't have the ability to have children. You know, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, you're, I see stolen seed up there, author stolen mm -hmm. seed. So, you know, is that what you're getting at or, or something of that right. sort? Okay. That is a part of it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There is a missing fetus syndrome. The government came out with a report 2022. It was anomalous and acute side effects of um, exposure to the, on UAPs or whatever they were calling it at that time. I can't remember. Okay. Um, and I have a copy of that report in the book too. And they okay. admit to the fact that there is this um, phenomenon where people are losing, missing pregnancies. I'm one of those people. I've spoken with hundreds of, literally hundreds of women who have gone through this exact same thing. We go in, we're pregnant. We go into the doctor's office. Next thing we go in for the next appointment. We've had a confirmed pregnancy, heartbeat, baby, ultrasound, everything is there. And then go in. Sometimes there's the amniotic sac is still there and everything else, just no fetus. Sometimes it's complete and completely clean. In my case, they there was no baby. I still had the hormones in my blood. So they did a DNC. There was zero fetal tissue in my uterus. Really? 
was unexplainable. You know, and they're like, uh, well, your body absorbed it. You know, they're giving statements with a question mark at the end. And we all have, for me and the other women I personally spoken with, and like I said, more than you can imagine, we've all gone through the same thing. We don't get to mourn our babies. We don't get to mourn that loss. It's devastating to lose a child. You know, I, that is one of the most heartbreaking losses that a person can experience. But to lose that child and not have an explanation for what happened and not have anyone be able to give you an explanation and then have to grieve a child that you, you can't bury, that you can't identify, it's terrible. And it's a very, very common occurrence. Again, something that's not talked about, but the government has included that in their reports and in what's happened. They do admit that they are aware of it and they know it's happening and that it's a problem. Karen, you said that it no longer happens to you. Mm -hmm. You know, when we were talking about some, someone alluding that, you know, it happened when you were young, it happened for a long period of time, but for whatever mm -hmm. reason, it no longer happens to you. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So that what would you believe? Correct. Why do you think that is? Yeah. You know, I know exactly why that is. They're, they have the same creator that I have. We are both made by the same God. And when I realized that, and when I kind of came out of the fog, I mean, there's something that happens when you're in the presence of these entities and, and we call it UFO brain fog because you don't think clearly. You don't process things clearly. I've heard people say, I want them to come and get me. I'll just, you know, I'll kick their ass. I'll, you know, take them out. You don't, because when, when you're in their presence, you don't think clearly. And they have this ability to just take over your thoughts and to really put you into the mindset and the direction they want you to go. Um, and I was bought into, I kind of had a um, Stockholm syndrome, if you will, with them. So from a very young age, I was taken basically groomed just like so many other children to be a part of what they were doing, to be a part of the program of being experimented on and utilized like a lab rat and to parrot their message, you know, benevolent space brothers, and they're just here to help. And um, then I woke up from that um, and realized that there is just no excuse for it. It's like being in an abusive relationship. You know, there just isn't any good to this. Um, and I called on Jesus. I was praying and they tried to come at me the one night. I called on God. I called on Jesus and boom, they just, they were out of there. And then from that point on, I realized that they didn't have the power over me because there was one who had power over them that I could call on and changed everything. Don't you think it's weird though that like a loving and benevolent God that, you know, we all believe in would have. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Created something else that was treating us like farm animals or mm. something along those lines. You know what I mean? Like I have trouble reconciling that. I understand that. And a lot of people do. That is not a, that's a very, very common question for me. And you have to look at it this way. You know, when we were created and not to get too biblical on y'all, but you know, this is not just our Christian Bible. It's an ancient text all over the world. You go back to the garden of Eden and when Adam and even there, you know, Satan has fallen and he's taken a third of God's creation with him. But before we were created, there were these other beings that were created. They are far more intelligent than we are. They are far stronger and they've been around a lot longer than we have. And they were there when God created us because before the garden of Eden, these entities were living on this planet and others and they rebelled. Satan was said to be the most beautiful of all the beings, you know, that music was just when he walked, it made music, you know, that kind of thing is amazing. And, um, but he wanted to be God and he's not. And when he fell and took a third of them with him, then God took this from them, recreated the earth, created man, put us, you know, in the garden. And then he came back, Satan's the Nakash and tempted Adam and Eve. And that sets up the state of affairs for the rest of time as we know it up till now. And it sets up what happens in Genesis 3, 3.15, which is the seed war, where you're in the garden and all this has happened. And now Adam and Eve have fallen. So now we live in a fallen world, right? So this world just, it is what it is. It's a fallen world. And that's my choice, but we also have the free will to do what we want. Um, and in Genesis three fifteen, he says, and he's talking to Satan and he's talking about Jesus. He says, and he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. And that sets up the seed war where Satan's trying to keep Jesus from being born. You get to Genesis six and it says the sons of God found the daughters of man beautiful and took of them wives of whoever they wanted. And the offspring of that was the Nephilim. So now we're mm-hmm. back around to the Nephilim. Okay. Right. And those were destroyed in the flood, the flood of the time of Noah. But it says they were on the earth in those days and also after that. So there was a second incursion where they came back and they went into all 12 tribes, could not stop Jesus from being born. That's where you get all these different kinds, things that are, you know, short ones and tall ones and red hair and different, you know, all these different um, types of giants that you hear about and short ones and small ones. And, And it could even be that's where Bigfoot comes in. He could just be a a leftover from that easily. So, um, and that's where all this comes in. So to answer your question, I know it takes a little background to get there, but we do live in a fallen world and we are given the opportunity to choose whether to live as fallen or we can't be redeemed without Jesus, but we can, we have the opportunity to have that grace and be redeemed. And that's what I asked God to do for me was to redeem me. And in doing so, then he is allowed to come into my life and say, these can't hurt you anymore. This can't take you anymore. Do I suffer? Yes. Have I suffered? Yes. But that's the world we live in. 
you know, yeah. God loves us enough to give us an option to offer us an out. And we do have that to look forward to. But right now, the prince of the power of the air is Satan. I mean, he's mm-hmm. and you you are not, you know, is going out when you see the creepy stuff and you go, you know, haunted places and, and Bigfoot searches and things like that. You feel that evil when it's around. You know when you're around something that's evil. You know, you know it's out there. I've spent a lot of time. I get I'm weird. I I will get interested in a topic and I'll read a, a bunch of books and educate myself a lot on it. And I know there was a time several years ago I did that with the Nephilim. I was curious about it and read books, researched it, and I listened to a lot of podcasts and whatnot. But the thing that always, um, you know, when I would hear the argument by some people in the Bigfoot community and elsewhere that uh, Bigfoot may be Nephilim, mm-hmm. I always never really understood, you know, because. Bigfoot encounters largely are, you know, one crosses the road, someone sees one when they're hiking. They're kind of boring and dull 99% of the time, you know, whereas Nephilim are part evil, you know, they are Mm -hmm. bad things. And so it seems like if, um, and I'm not saying that historically there hasn't been an occasion where a Bigfoot did harm to a human, but it's certainly not common. Right. And I believe that if it was common, man would have probably hunted them down and did right. away with them like we did so many other creatures. But um, that was always my trouble with looking at it from a nephilic angle was that I just don't see Bigfoot, you know, out hunting down people. Largely, he just avoids humans and he's in the yeah. woods walking around. So it just seems like that if it was a Nephilim, they would try to be doing damage to humans. I but, agree you with know. you. Yeah. I know. I agree with you. You know, we don't have, there just isn't enough information and enough yeah. data to put it together. But I do agree with you. There are so many stories of them being good, helping children, doing good things. Yeah. So do I think they're inherently evil? No, I don't because I haven't had an opportunity to sit down and figure them out. So I'm not going to judge one until I, until I sit with one and I'm able to, to know what it is and let it give its side of the story. But we so, just don't have that data. So I can't say not? that for sure. Why do you think that Bigfoot would choose to be, or not Bigfoot, but a Nephilim, if an alien was a Nephilim, Mm -hmm. why would they choose it to be small when all the Nephilim were large? You know what I mean? Like in the Mm -hmm. Bible and historically, you know, you find these big skeletons, you find this thing. I just don't see an advantage of something being small and fragile Mm -hmm. as opposed to something large. I think that the non-human alien entities that we're encountering i don't think that they are nephilim i think that they are fallen they're just fallen entities fallen angelic entities um and the nephilim themselves i think are different types because it's basically been an experiment from the get-go we weren't intended to procreate with these entities as far back as genesis 6 it was not supposed to happen you know it the extra canonical books show that most of the women died during childbirth birth. They weren't able to give birth to these entities. And we, what information, what little information we have on angelic beings, there's different shapes and sizes and types of them. So some would have been smaller, some would have been larger. So based on whatever genetics they had, then you're going to get different types of Nephilim from them. So the giant ones just tended to be the ones that probably got the most press because they caused the most problems because they were bigger and stronger and, you know, able to overpower these communities where once they ate all the livestock and the, and the crops, then they started to 
to use the people as food. And that's when, you know, the trouble happened. And, and that is all throughout history books, even not just the Christian Bible, but other, other ancient texts as well. So I hope that answers your question. I don't think they were intentionally being big or small. I think it's just how they came out based on the experimentation they were doing. Right. This is a lot to process. It is a lot. Sorry. It is a lot. So, because uh, I was going to say, Russ has a lot of background on this too. I mean, instead of being, he was either seminary school or chiropractor. So he right. decided to go be a chiropractor and not go to the seminary. So as you, so you have these experience. So you're five, six years old. Now these kept going on for how long? Oh gosh. My entire life until about okay. eight so, years ago, maybe. Okay. So for another 15, 20 years or 30, whatever, I'm not aging you in any way. Share, so, <laughs> so, years. so, um, these things would come to you. Mm-hmm physically take you out and you said you've been to underground bunkers with humans and these things working side by side. Yep. Are you on a table? Are you in a room? I assume you're not walking around because well, then you could say something, right? Or, well, you know, it's not like you're on a tour, you know, you're not, or. It's different. Yeah. Okay. It, it was different every time. Sometimes it would okay. be an exam table. Sometimes it would be doing examinations and it's not like they stop and say, okay, now we're going to do this or that. Like a nice doctor would, you know, they're just doing okay. And it's invasive and it's overpowering. And half the time, if you, you know get upset, they just have this ability to put you into a sleep state and just, then okay. you're back. Um, sometimes I'd be walking around. I had a handler who was with me and I write extensively about him as well. Um, I wanted I would have liked to have talked to people. I would have liked people to talk to me. They were not allowed to talk to me or any other abductees that I saw. And I saw lots and lots of abductees there, not just myself. And we didn't speak to them and they didn't speak to us. And they utilized the abductees to show the people working there what would happen if they did speak. I mean, I heard them warning them not to speak. Okay. And I look at the people working there and... I think, you know, you probably got this job and you got this great uh, high security clearance and you signed NDAs and you were so excited to get this bigger paycheck and go in here. And then all of a sudden you're in something you can't get out of. And, you know, people are keeping their mouth shut because they don't want their families in jeopardy. Or maybe some of these people actually just live there and this is the rest of their life. So it's... There's so many different ways and reasons to keep people quiet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, literally all you have to do is threaten them with their job. And we saw that um, a couple of years ago and people did some Mm -hmm. crazy things to keep their job, which, you know, a lot of people are regretting. And we're not allowed to say that anymore because we don't want to get kicked off, blah, 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 blah. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, So this occurred, you've been, you know, through these things. Um, You know, you said that you had a pregnancy that was terminated. I mean, I don't know what, you know, it's lost. So you think they, you know, they, they know you, obviously you've been with them. So you're a known entity. So they take you to a point and they get you to a, you know, you're this, uh, I, I envision the matrix, you know, with all the things and the robots and picking the kids because we're all batteries, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you're pregnant, you 
are growing this child and they just take it because, hey, it's time. We need to do an experiment at four months. And is that what you think is they're doing? Or well, what, do you, what do you think? Are they putting them somewhere else and letting them grow to maturity? Or, you know, right. what, what are you thinking? I talk in the, I explain in the book a little bit about what ectogenesis is because it's something okay. we can do today. It's been in the news more recently and it's, it's something that we absolutely can do. Um, and it's where you can take a fetus and bring it to maturity in an artificial womb. Okay. This is something that is newer technology for us, but that they have been doing for a very long time. One in during an instance when I was taken, I was walked down and you have to remember these underground facilities are massive. It's like okay. football stadiums and airports and everything all together. They're just huge. There are hallways everywhere and rooms everywhere and giant open areas and exam areas and waiting areas, you name it. And so I'm in a particular hallway once and um, it's also very darkly lit there, at least the areas I was in. Um, almost a red blue light in some of these areas. I'm walking down a hallway. It's kind of a red backlit light in this hallway. It's a very tall, very long hallway. It goes very high. And the sides are lined with what looks like aquariums. If you've ever okay. been in a pet shop where they have a wall of aquariums. Mm -hmm. And in these aquariums are what appears to be fetuses of different um, gestational periods. I don't know if they were human, if they were alien, if they were hybrid, if they were animal. Nobody told me what they were. It was hard to tell because A, I was in a brain fog state and B, you know, I was, they weren't going to answer questions like that. Um, sure. So in this particular occasion, I was walked down this hallway and there's just, you know, they're above me taller than what I can even see. In. Um, I get to the end of this part of the hallway before it turns into a, a more narrow hallway without these tank things. And there are two doors on either side. There's a door on either side. And there I'm with two entities. One looks Nordic. One looks like a gray, but it looks female. There are different kinds of grays too. And I can back up a little bit on that. The grays that I believe are like the avatar kind of suits that come and pick people up. They're all just kind of cookie cutter. They are all the same when I would be taken and be wherever they would end up taking me, um, there are different kinds of grays there that they're different sizes and shapes and heights. Um, their eyes move. They have mouths that open. They have facial expressions. They're very, they're very unique, each one, like people are. You know what I mean? Sure. So they're tall. Some are really tall. Some are big and some are small. And so you can tell there's like different species of them kind of or different varieties of them. Um, no one ever gave me the rundown all of them on them. I'm just, you know, the ones that I remember seeing are all I can talk about because I don't have sure. any other information than that. But in this particular occasion, there was one with me and it looked like female, female-ish. It had like feminine features and a Nordic type entity. And they opened this door and it was the size of a large closet. There's a woman in there. She was imitating childbirth, which is just really freaky. And they take me into this room and... They come back and they hand me a baby and they said it was my baby and that it was a good baby. It was very small. It was infant, tiny, very purplish red in color, very large head, very large eyes. 
And they told me to hold the baby, that it was my baby, that it was a good baby, just saying that over and over again. And so I held this baby up to me and it wouldn't cuddle into me. It wouldn't respond to me. It wouldn't, it was like, it didn't even feel me trying to, to, you know, be with it. It just, and I was very upset because I'm like, what's wrong with this baby? Why won't it, you know, it, why won't it respond to me? It just wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't cuddle or anything. It was like holding a brick, you know? Um, and I write quite a bit about that, but, um, and I want, but I wanted it because I'm like, if it's mine, then I want this baby. I want to keep it. Um, and um, at that point I got upset and they shut me. They just shut me down. They took the baby back. I was put into a sleep state. Next thing I know, I'm back home and I wake up. And it was really, 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 really upsetting because I didn't want to leave that baby there. If that baby was half me, I wanted it. I wanted to take care of it. I wanted to to give, you know, just to take sure. care of it, fix it. Um, sure. It was the most, one of the most traumatic, horrifying things that happened. Um, and I guess, but to answer your question, yeah. So I think that they're taking them at that point because the human body is designed to reject it at about three or four months if something's wrong. So that might be why they take them at that point in gestation. Um, and it's some kind of a hybrid. Karen, when they spoke to you, was it you audibly heard it or was it just you heard the in your brain or? Yeah, it was like a brain speak. Like a, okay. and I don't like to use the ESP because it's not like I'm trying to guess what they're saying. It's very clear. It's like you just hear it and you speak back, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like there's an imprint too. no one used names, but you kind of knew if there was someone you're supposed to know, like the person I was with all the time, my handler, they didn't have a name, but I always knew him. It was like an imprint. Gotcha. Just, okay. Yeah. It was that mental connection. Mm -hmm. Definitely a connection. Okay. Well, this is a lot to digest. Yeah. So... I don't even know what to ask. I do. Honestly, I got a couple questions. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm like, Russ has never heard me literally be speechless, but this may be the first. You'll Go be ahead, talking Russ. to me about it next week. <laughs> I will. I'm curious about I'm, like in I'm, the region where all of us grew up in central Ohio, mm -hmm. that was the farthest uh, point in the United States that the glacier went. So we have like mm -hmm. Hawking Hills, Old Man's Cave, which is the largest parks in the United States now, largest state parks, most visited, I should say. And, uh, you know, that's the rubble that was being pushed forth. And so I heard Brad right. say like that this way down the state kind of stopped in the middle kind of and left a line across the state. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, you know, Brad was talking about how, you know, those mounds were, you know, right at the edge of where the glacier started. Cause if you've been to Chillicothe, it's a beautiful flat land, but then of course you have the Hills that are in the distance. Um, so apparently there's something of, of significance about that area that the glacier ended, you know, cause I imagine for hundreds of years, maybe thousands, there was still glacier parts there, you know, the ice, the glacier itself moving and, you know, the receding away from, you know, the hills or the rock or the rubble. So I can see where, you know, it would have seen magical to like, the Indians or whoever would have been around then, I guess it, no one was around then. Right. Because, um, how old was the, an estimate the Hopewell culture was that 
at that time that was building the mounds? How, how old do they estimate those are? They keep changing that. So mm-hmm. because they find artifacts that are, well, this one is carbon dated over 12,000 years old and this one is 500 and this one is 50, you know, so that, yeah. that information keeps changing. So I would have to check with someone like Fritz Zimmerman on that one. Yeah. Cause you know, from what Brad and I have talked about, cause it's always related. And even you said earlier, you know, you didn't want, you were interested in Bigfoot, but you didn't know what Bigfoot was. And this could be yeah. some nephalic thing or a branch or whatever it happens to be. But of course, Brad and I have talked at length about on the show that prior to 10 or 20,000 years ago, there was nothing in the United States. There were no indigenous people. There was no such thing, even though I'm sure a lot of people don't understand or know that um, there were not animals here. You know, everything came across the Bering land bridge during the ice age, 10 to 20,000 years ago. Um, there's evidence that along the coast, there might've been uh, a people that came along earlier that were just following, you know, the coast along and, I know there's an island off California. There's some stuff that's maybe a little older than that. But um, so, you know, you just wondered the significance of because the glaciers wouldn't have been there when the people, the first people came through, it would have been receded. But maybe it was something special about how it went from flat to hilly all at once. And, you know, and all at once you had these rocks. I don't know. It's curious. I think you probably have fertility in the ground there, too, because think of all the ground that was pushed forward by that glacier right so there's probably a fertile ground there and and things like that and i'm not sure what the oral um tradition from the native tribes that we have from that area is again not my area of expertise but something i'm definitely going to look into more now um but if you look at like the this what we have found like the paracas skulls in peru and the other um bones and skeletal remains that have been found across North and Central and South America. You're talking about the elongated skulls. Right, right. That are of unusual size and shapes and and even some other, some of the small ones too. Some are really long and some have strangely strangely, um, wide heads and it's very small. Um, Those came back with with haplogroups and DNA of Eastern European which proves your point that that yeah. they come across from there. So, yeah, I mean, what the history books have been trying to tell us, you know, for so long, clearly is wrong. There's a hidden history that, as L.A. Marzulli says, has been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. And that's why, you know, we need to do this research and look into these things and where they come from. And this is just what happened to me and what's happening in this, in this um, UFO-centric, culture that we see coming out right now is an extension of just the same things that y'all were talking about and that you were talking about there with the history. You know, it's an extension of the same thing. They just put different names on it and look at it with, you know, different lenses and try to rebrand it. But it's no different. We're talking about the same things that we've been talking about all along. Is there any is there any evidence that uh, I know surely that, you know, we hear stories and stuff. So apparently it still continues to happen. Does it seem to to be that it's happening more common or less frequent than what it used to? No, it doesn't seem like anything has slowed down at all. It's, if anything, I think there are more people reporting it because it's becoming a little bit more um, accepted to mm-hmm. report it. And there are more reporting agencies, although that keeps going back and forth. They'll make it as if it's accepted. And then these same government agencies will come in and start 
saying all these negative uh, responses too. So it's, it's still this back and forth, you know, will we get some level of, of confirmation or will we just continue to get this run around and up back and forth from the government, which I think is what we're going to get. So, you know, I'm curious, I mean, you've written a couple of books. Is it two books you've written or how many have you written? Just this one. This okay, is this one. Book. So um, I guess uh, we're at a point where, Brad, you know, we're winding down our hour here. We want, want to know, uh, let the people, how they can reach yeah. out to you. They have a story to you. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, you can reach me through my website, which is my name, KarenWilkinsonAuthor.com. And I can give you all that for the show notes. Um, and on that website, there is a link where you can send me a message. Send me a message. I will get back to you. Sometimes it takes a while. I get a lot of messages, but that's all right. It's just an opportunity if you want to share or yeah, you yeah. just need to know that you're not alone. I want to make it okay to have these conversations, you know, and I'm working on putting together a group as well for people to just be able to have other people to talk to and get together. Just, you know, not something for profit or money or anything. It's just somewhere where we can fellowship and get together and have other people to, to share with. Um, you can find the book exclusively at lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. There is a link to that on my website. You can find me on social media, um, Facebook and Instagram under my name, Karen Wilkinson on Facebook, Karen Wilkinson author on Instagram. Um, and those links are on all of those different platforms for the other platforms. So you should be able to jump, sure. jump around from this. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. And if you want to reach out to me, do that. I will get an email and I will get back to you when I can. Okay, great. Hey, Carol, well, really nice to meet a fellow Gail. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful to meet you. I look forward yeah. to more conversations in the future and catching up and, and uh, you guys are the best. I really enjoyed being on here. Thank you for yeah. sharing your information and for, for uh, making me laugh. So we'll hard getting off camera. Well, maybe, maybe next time Russell Russell have a better um, calendar. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll work on it. Hey, yeah, all's well that ends day. well. Hey, heaven heaven forbid he heaven forbid he puts it in his phone or on a computer. Well, I put it in I a phone when it. I got I got the super he, diary. He has that. I love he has it. that right there. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Pen yeah. paper isn't going to get uh, knocked out by an EMP. So. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, if we get knocked out by an EMP, I'm probably not doing a podcast. You're using well, you're using my calendar if we get mocked knocked out. Right. You'll be wanting my calendar. Well, meet you guys in the hills and we'll have a cookout. I, I, right. I, I have a stick <laughs> and some dirt. I can have a calendar. Well, thank you, Karen. It was really nice to thank meet you. you. Guys. See you again later in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep Absolutely. in touch. You guys are the best. Yeah, Russ, is gonna read, best. Russ needs to read that book and get you back on and have a. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to book trade. So, we'll okay. Take yeah. Care yeah. Of that. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, Thank Karen. You. All right. Bye bye. Well, that was a interesting fellow, Gail. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, you know, the good thing is something... there's nothing uh, that is controversial about being a Golden Gale. You know, no. I mean, it's not like an Indian right. or. Right. You know, a redskin or no, you know, a Seminole. You're just a golden gale. You know, because the Tasmanian devil, when he got ready to run, would turn around and make like right. a gale force wind, and that was the golden gale. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was like a bird or something. No, it was like the tornado. Really? Yeah. So you're a golden wind, a golden gale, gale force wind, a gale force wind. Yeah, so you're a golden yeah. wind. Yeah. 
How was the wind golden? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody, it's it prior to my time, man. All right. But it was interesting listening to her. I, uh, yes, absolutely. Know. Absolutely. I mean, it's something you really never think about. I mean, you know, who's to judge? I, heaven forbid, you know how we trust the government completely. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't get into that. I just didn't. I didn't want to go there. Maybe next week you know, I'll have to ask you when you know about that whole thing. You know, go ahead and ask me something about. No, the I'm, I'm going to wait till next week. You, you know how the government is. I mean, they completely share everything that they know about us and about the world with us because everybody is a smooth thinking, level headed person, and they will not overreact to anything dumb. Anything dumb. So anyway. All right. Other than that, I'm pretty sure. We're hey, right. thanks everybody. Uh, let's say we got the bigfootdoc.com yeah. uh, Instagram, or I think uh -oh. we're right at a thousand people now. So uh, yeah, we're getting. There. Thanks to you being, you know, putting some a lot of content on there, and yeah, I'm uh, on it. love to have some of our uh, listeners reach out with a bigfoot story you want us to hear. Yep, absolutely. always want to hear that. I talk to people almost every single day with a bigfoot story. Love to hear one from you if you have something you want us to reach out to talk to somebody about you have a suggestion yeah. something you're interested in we're we're open to that yep we just don't do bigfoot we do research and we're wide open to any research obviously. there you go all right so like subscribe to the little thing up there wherever it is yeah yep. or and, on uh, your podcast or whatever it is and we're good to go yeah thanks everybody all right we're out of here